From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. The FDA has approved a new non-hormonal birth control method that women can use on demand, and we'll hear more about this new medication called Fexi from Dr. Renee Mastad. She's an assistant professor of obstetrics and gynecology at Upstate. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Mastad. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How does this contraceptive Fexi work? So, Fexi is a contraceptive gel. It, um, but and within an hour before having vaginal intercourse, the woman is going to place it in her vagina. Um, I hate to say inject, but it comes in an applicator similar to what we use. We use tampons. Um, so it, it's placed inside the vagina and it sits there. Um, it is a couple of, it's about three different fairly light acids that help to maintain the acidic um, pH within the vagina, which is the vagina's normal environment. Um, when sperm are introduced into the vagina, when a woman has sex and they ejaculate, um, it, the acidity of the gel helps keep the sperm from being able to move up through the vagina and into the cervix and into the uterus to fertilize an egg. So um, it doesn't necessarily kill the sperm the way a spermicide does, but it basically incapacitates them and makes them unable to do their thing. Um, semen itself is very alkaline or very basic. So if anyone remembers back to their 10th grade chemistry, um, it, which makes a, a basic environment makes it very easy for um for sperm to move around and, and work the way up the cervix interesting so well how does this end up how effective is it at preventing pregnancy so with absolute perfect use in a in a vacuum if you will um it's about 93 percent effective but with typical use you know, used out in the real world by real people um, it's about 86% effective, which is pretty good. I was going to ask how that compares to other methods, the pill or the condoms. It, it, that's pretty good compared. So the pill is about 92 to 98% effective, depending on how well you remember to take it. Um, condoms are about 85% effective. And, you know, part of because this is so user dependent. Um, Whereas, like the IUD or the subdermal contraceptive implant or sterilization are 98 to 99% effective. Does this protect against any sexually transmitted diseases? It does not, unfortunately. Okay, but as a contraceptive, now you described the injection sort of like a tampon applicator. How much of this gel is inserted and is there a color or odor or can, can you describe the consistency? I mean, what's um, it like? It's thick enough that it adheres to the inside of the vagina. So it doesn't become runny once it experiences body heat. And um, so it will stay in place. It won't just become a, a runny liquid that'll dribble its way out within the hour. Um, but it also doesn't require any, you know, one doesn't have to wash it out or anything like that. Um, it really is just um, three fairly natural acids. Um, and since the vagina likes to have an acidic environment, um, 
it won't affect the balance within the vagina itself. So, you know, women who have lots of problems with bacterial vaginosis, which is the vaginal discharge that smells like fish, um, part of their part of what makes it easier for the bacteria to grow is a very basic or a high pH um, uh, vaginal environment. So something like Fexi, I wouldn't recommend it for use to prevent BV, but it won't cause things like bacterial vaginosis because it really does help to to um, create the environment that the vagina prefers. Why might a woman prefer a non-hormonal method like Fexi over a hormonal method like the pill? There's a there's a large variety of reasons. Um, some women hormones um, aren't necessarily safe for them. Um, the most common hormonal methods are also combined hormonal methods. They have both estrogen and progesterone, which can increase their risk of having blood clots or if they have problems with like high blood pressure or kidney disease or something like that. Um, other women, if they have problems with their liver, then estrogen and progesterone are, are not good for them. Um, some women just don't like messing with their menstrual cycles. Um, or how they feel on hormonal methods. Some women don't like the idea of of messing with their hormones at all. So, um, and some women just they just want something that they can you know have around for whenever they need it. Um, you know, particularly um, you know a lot of couples uh who are monogamous and aren't using condoms anymore but don't want to use hormones and no one wants to be sterilized yet um it's it's a nice method um for a, a compliant couple who will use it regularly routinely whenever they have sex um, when they're supposed to which is within an hour before having sex um without having to use condoms without having to have you know have hormones um and and just use it when you need it so that if you don't need it, then you don't have to use it at that particular moment. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, speaking with Dr. Renee Mastad. She's an assistant professor of obstetrics and gynecology at Upstate, and we've been talking about the new non-hormonal method of birth control for women called FEXI, that's P-H-E-X-X-I. So now I'd like to have you go over how a woman uses FEXI. It, it's described as on-demand. So you take it only when you're planning to have vaginal sex within the next hour. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. So if you're not sexually active, then you don't need to use it. Um, it is a good idea if you ever have any kind of sexual activity to have it ready. So you talk to your doctor because it does require a prescription at this time. Um, and each box has 12 pre-filled applicators uh, in them, so, and they're foil wrapped. They do not require refrigeration, which is kind of nice. I mean, I imagine you probably don't stick them up in your attic where the temperature fluctuates dramatically, but, um, but you don't have to have any kind of, you know, fancy refrigeration or anything like that. Um, and but like I said, if you're someone who is remotely sexually active, you really should have them around so that when you do have sex, they're available to you. You don't have to call your doctor, get a prescription sent in, go to the pharmacy, particularly if it's 10 p.m. on Sunday. Um, and if you're as soon as you're planning on having sex, then you um, 
you said you take the applicator, which is similar to again, like when you have used tampons or um, a lot of women who've used uh, yeast infection creams or other uh, vaginal creams, uh, the applicator just fits up into the vagina and you push the little plunger and it it's left up inside the vagina. How long do you have to wait after you apply it to have sex? I know you have the one hour window, but do you need to give it time? No, not at all. Okay. And um, but the the big thing is, is it's good for only one vaginal sexual encounter. So if uh, you a woman and a partner are going to go out again, then she'll need to put more in. And it's got to go in before um, penetration, um, it, not afterwards. I see. Now, does this substance provide lubrication? Uh, potentially. Um, okay. You know, it, if. It just, it kind of depends on how badly the couple needs lubrication. Um, for instance, it won't necessarily be as good if, you know, say maybe the woman is breastfeeding and she's already very, very dry. She may still need some additional lubricant. Um, but for most couples, it should be sufficient. Do you know, I know this is a new uh, medication. Will health insurers pay for Fexi the way they pay for some contraceptives? Um, the company is working very hard. To get it on, they're trying to get it on to the um, the ACA uh, list of required um, contraceptives because the uh, the Affordable Care Act does require that at least one version of every method of contraceptive is available to um, on insurance uh, with insurance coverage. So they're working on um, being included on that. So it just kind of depends at this point in time. But probably eventually, it sounds yeah. like it, it would be. Now, let's talk about um, side effects. And I wonder if they might be different for young women versus older women. Um, what what can they expect in terms of side effects? Um, so some women may experience some degree of light vaginal burning or tingling or other sensations. Um, Again, because they are a, you know, it's, it's three different mild acids. Um, they should not experience any kind of blistering or bleeding or, or anything like that. Um, women who do have frequent problems with uh, bladder infections or urinary tract infections or UTIs um, will probably want to reconsider using these, uh, this particular method, at least theoretically at this point in time. Um, not necessarily that it's going to cause more bladder infections, but there may be more sensitivity um, on the part of the, the woman herself. Partners may or may not also experience some um, tingling or, or mild burning sensations or something like that as well. Is there anyone who should not take Fexi, male or female? Is there any uh, condition that if you have this, you should definitely not, not use Fexi? At this point, we're just working right now with women who have frequent bladder infections. Um, and if you're find that you're somehow allergic to um, the gel itself or the applicator. Now, I know this is sort of going to give women a, a new option. At this point in time, what are the most popular methods of birth control in America? So far in America, it's still birth control pills and sterilization. Um, 
the LARC methods are becoming more popular. So LARC or what we call long-acting reversible contraceptives. So that includes um, all of the intrauterine devices as well as the subdermal contraceptive implant, which in the United States, the only one available is, is Nexplanon. Um, and that's because they are they are effective anywhere from three to, to 10 years, just depending on which method is being used. And once they're, um, they become a, a part of the, of the woman's body, one way or another, whether they're in the uterus or um, underneath her skin and her arm, and they are not user dependent. So they um, don't tend to get affected as much by medications. They don't get affected at all by a woman's erratic day schedule. Um, they aren't affected by whether or not she loses her insurance. They aren't affected by whether or not she loses her job, doesn't have any money to pay for any co-pays. Um, or, you know, a young woman falls off her parents' insurance. It's those things don't affect how well they work. Um, that unfortunately affect how well women are able to use a lot of other methods. Um, but they are easily reversed in the event that a woman wants to become pregnant. Um, we can remove the IUD or remove the implant itself. And of course, sterilization is is very, very effective, but that is permanent. So, um, so those methods are, the LARC methods are catching up. Um, I don't know that they'll ever be as popular as the birth control pill. The birth control pill has been around for, you know, I mean, my, my mother was one of the earlier users and she's in her 70s now. So it's been around, everyone knows someone who's used it or they've used it themselves. So a lot of women still feel fairly comfortable with that. They often start with the birth control pill. Do you think Fexi's going to, going to appeal to women? Um, I, I think it will ultimately. Um, again, because um, it it provides women their own autonomy. Um, you know, the LARC methods are great, but when a woman decides she wants to be pregnant, then she doesn't want to have to deal with getting a doctor's appointment to to make that possible. So, um, you know, if she has, if she she does need whether she needs an appointment or a prescription to get the Fexi, but once she has it, she uses it when she needs it and if she wants to. Um, so, and eventually I'm sure it will no longer require a prescription. So it will be as available as, as um, um, condoms and spermicides as well. Oh, well, that's good to know. Well, thank you so much to Dr. Renee Mastad, an assistant professor of obstetrics and gynecology at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and radio talk show, HealthLink on Air.